Y'all ready to get wet? That's why I was pointing at you. The P, the U, the R, That's why the I was pointing e, at you. The O, the Y, But you were going to say y'all ready to get wet at the start of this one. It's that's why I was yeah, pointing at you. Yeah, I got two throats. The P, the U, the R, the E, the B, the O, the Y, the S, the I was pointing at you. I was pointing at you pointing at me. It's pure boys. Say what? Yeah. Ciao, Fudgebaggers. Welcome to Peer Boys Podcast. I'm Adam, and urine. And it's all urine to me because I'm Steve, and I have one of those urine blinder eyes that they talk about all the time on the health networks. Right, they're called HD Vision Wraparound Shades, and they uh, <laughs> they make everything look like urine in your vision. They truly do. Go to your local Haitian tire and get yourself a pack of HD vision sunglasses for all your urine coating needs. Mm, I love the I love going to Haitian tire and just seeing all the great deals they got on I don't know, cast iron skillets and bamboo bamboo. You know, it's called Haitian tire, but nobody talks about getting tires from there. Like nobody. That's that's true, hey. It's weird how far the company has strayed from their humble beginnings as a as a Haitian tire shop. They're now so much more than that. It's a lifestyle brand. The problem is is that Haitian rubber got really crappy around 2012. Exactly. Yeah, and they just, you know, the, all the rubber trees burned up or whatever, wherever rubber yeah. comes from. Trees? Well, that's what the uh, Mayans were talking about when they were talking about 2012 is that it was the end of good Haitian rubber. Exactly. That's the thing that they didn't they didn't translate that well because people were like Haitian rubber. They don't those Mayans, they're that's Mayan talk. That doesn't mean anything to us in the modern age. Yeah. And then they realized once the Haitian tire market dried up, oh god, the Mayans were right. Don't kill Harambe. The Mayans were right. And don't kill Harambe. You're right. Should we start a hashtag stop Harambe hate? I think so. I think that's a great idea. I think it's about time that we stopped all the discrimination against Harambe. And all the jokes and the ha-has and the yeet-yeets on Harambe's expense. Like, get out of here, tweens. Put your penises back in your pants for Harambe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's good, too. And it uh, gives the kids what they want. Right. Less penises, more respect to Harambe. More respect to Harambe. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, yes. Uh, Well, before... Hey, speaking of dicks out for Harambe, or dicks in, whatever. Speaking of dicks, we're here to talk about 2016's Chocolate City 2, colon, Vegas Strip, or possibly just colon, Vegas, depending on where you watch this video. Depending on where you watch this video, um... What a movie. I couldn't have loved it more. <laughs> Wild. Wild. I knew you were going to say that and uh I think you just I think you just have a love of chocolate because this movie is just a blatant rip off of Magic Mike Double XL. Like blatantly a rip off of it. But you didn't really like Magic Mike Double XL, but you love Chocolate City 2 colon Vegas Strip. I think it's just a I think it's just a chocolate thing for you, baby. It might be a chocolate thing for me because I wanted a big cash prize. I got it. I wanted weed. I get it. I wanted yeah. a cool bus driver. It's there. This movie has it all. 
Okay, cash prize, fair. No cash prize in double XL. I get that. Maybe Amber Heard is the cash prize, I guess. We stand you, Amber Heard. Good luck. <laughs> Zing. Zing. <laughs> Uh, no weed. Okay, fair enough. But there is ecstasy. There's lots of ecstasy in Magic Mike Double XL, which is like a decent enough weed substitute. And uh, oh, whatever your third thing was, I'm losing it. What was it? Um, I don't know. Crap, I, I can't think of my third thing. Well, there was there was a third thing as well, and that was also present in Magic Mike Double XL. Bus driver. Bus driver. Yeah, we got Fluffy. We got Fluffy. You you don't want uh, Fluffy? He's great. Bonks is nog. Nah. Okay. I right. want a restaurant owner from the first uh, movie that is uh, done out in an outfit and a wig for some reason when he's driving the bus. <laughs> Looks totally different. Yeah. Like, and he's playing like a Sammy Davis Jr. type character. Like talking as if he mm-hmm. is Sammy Davis Jr. Being like, me and Frankie used to take all those swingers on the short bus. Like, what, what, what are you talking about, bro? Well, I have to assume this was like an old uh, stand-up comedian that they're giving service to, and his bits were all Sammy Davis Jr. based. (laughs) That would be wild if that was the case. I mean, he's got a bad eye, just like Sammy Davis Jr., so maybe maybe he was a Sammy Davis Jr. impersonator back in the day. I never considered that, but that's a really great insight. Thank you very much. I thought about it long and hard. And uh, he was my favorite character. I love this movie to death. I could hug this movie all day. Uh, insane. Well, before we get into Chocolate City 2, colon Vegas Strip, or colon Vegas, we, of course, need to do the Pure Boys Prayer. Steve's already got his hands together. He's ready to go. So I'll put mine together, too. God, God bless our, our podcast. podcast. God, God bless, bless all, all podcasts. podcasts. We love, love you. Amen. <laughs> that is the proper way to end a closed hand prayer is to go horizontal and then slowly start splitting your fingertips <sighs> into the open to reveal your palms. It's so gross for some reason. It looks so gross. <laughs> and it's just hands opening up, but there's something about the slowness and the... It's just a very uh, unsettling thing to see. If you did it on a Skype chat with your work, you would get fired. No (laughs) doubt about it. Rightfully so. HR would be on the phone with you immediately saying, look, that was not sexual harassment, but certainly harassment of everyone in the office. So we have to fire you. I'm so sorry. We can't put our finger on what you did wrong, <laughs> but we know if we showed this in court, they would agree with us. Yeah, we we can't we can't exactly pinpoint what you did wrong, but we received 400 complaints from your coworkers after you did it. it. Just our inboxes imploded from all the complaints we received, and so we have to respect that. You're dead to us. Even if you did win a wrongful firing suit, We'll gladly pay for it because we never want you a part of our company ever again. You know what? It's it's a small price to pay to get rid of a disgusting human being like you <laughs> is what they'd say to you. And you go, wow, that seems inappropriate, but fair enough. You're yeah. HR. Well, you make the rules. Yeah. Well, at that point, you just got to take it, right? Because you did the deed. You know how disgusting you were. Uh-huh. And you just got to take the money and run. Exactly. You did the crime. Now it's time to do the time. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, <laughs> yummy. Now I'm just picturing, like, 
a whole congregation of people at church just all opening their hands up like that after a prayer in front of the priest. <laughs> the priest just being like, I, I, well, he's doing it too back to them, of course. But yeah. So well, it was gross. his idea, but when he sees like a hundred people doing it back at him, he regrets it immediately. Yeah, for like sure. he's thinking about angels' wings and rebirth and mm. all that jazz, but uh, doesn't quite work out the way he planned it. Well, yeah, when he pitched it to them, that's what he was picturing because he wasn't looking at it from the front. He was just seeing it from his own perspective of his hands opening up like beautiful angels' wings. And then looking at it from the front, he went, oh, there's something horribly wrong with this and my penis has gotten so hard i can't hide it in these robes anymore <laughs> exactly it's like a, a microcosm for humanity sure it was a great idea you know in your head but once you actually create it it's just absolutely disgusting oh yeah god you keep doing it i guess we keep doing it to each other but it's just a <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. every time <laughs> Back and forth. It, well, the little <laughs> hole in the palms is what makes it, like, really gross. <laughs> the little divot <laughs> between your uh, thener and hypothenar eminence. Nice. I think that's what they refer to as the gap. That gap is what they say. That gap. That gap. <laughs> Sounds wrong to say, I think. Open your palms and show me that gap. That's what they say. <laughs> And they would think you're talking about something sexual or something. Yeah, of course, but they're just talking about your palms and the gap. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about your wet palms, bro. Yeah, talk about your wet pro <laughs> Y'all ready to get wet? Y'all ready to get wet palms? Oh man, am I ready to get wet? Oh man, me too. And so in doing so, we need to ask uh, a very important question. And a question that has been weighing on my mind heavily since uh, the last time we asked it. And that is, of course, that Steve Hoomst was the Bagger Vance of Chocolate City. Well, the Bagger Vance of Chocolate City 1, mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta Hype, was stripping. I felt like we got to see some real stripping. We got some to see some real audience appreciate Bolo at his finest. Oh. Now, Adam, I have my thoughts on who was the Beggar Vance of Chocolate City. <laughs> I'd love to hear them. do you think was the Beggar Vance of Chocolate City? Well, first of all, thank you so much for asking, Steve. For me, the Beggar Vance of Chocolate City, uh, movie one, was, of course... My boy, Bolo, of course. Being the biggest hunk in the whole Chocolate City crew with the biggest hog who was very happy to show it off. And uh, he, he brought the heat and you wanted to taste the meat, not the heat. And that's what he brought to that show. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. And for those reasons... You really evoked that. For those reasons and many more... Bolo is, of course, my Pegger Vance of Chocolate City. That really, that yep. character really made you taste the meat. Oh, and not the heat. He brought the heat, but you tasted the meat, which is, that's what you want out of a good performance. What is Bolo propane? Because I'm tasting meat, baby. <laughs> it's all meat here, baby. That's my review on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. In its entirety. Nice. Is this song always this long, or did you lengthen? No, no, it's always this long. Just you usually vamp more about who your, whom your bagger Vance was. 
That is absolutely embarrassed. Uh, I'm embarrassing, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> well, you know what? You don't need to be because the song is over, and thus the segment is over, and we made it. We made it all the way through. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. <laughs> and now we get to the moment I've been dreading all week. Of course, it's time for the... The Kevin Sorbo Tweet of the Week. All right, Kevin, we're really disappointed in you. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. Uh, but we're back for another week. But we're also kind of mad. We're still mad. I'm mad. Well, we are mad. I'm less mad because of this tweet. Okay. Uh, that came out on uh, 12.26 oh. p.m. on May 15th. Another nooner. Uh, can I just make a suggestion for future Kevin Sorbo tweets of the weeks? Instead no. of saying this, well, I'm doing it anyway. Instead of saying this tweet came out, can you say he pushed this tweet out at 12, uh, whatever the time is? Uh, like a plopper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put that in my mental mainframe. Thank you. And uh, log it for next time. Thank but you. But I, I won't guarantee that I'll remember that. That's okay. What However, you- great suggestion, as thank always. you, thank you. What do you got for us? Uh, I got... Bring back masculine men. <laughs> hey, Kev, we're watching Chocolate City 2. What more could you ask for? There's a whole cavalcade of them. I I agree with this tweet wholeheartedly. For me, Kevin Sorbo is back in my good graces yep. because of this tweet. I love him. Um, however, it's a weird thing to think about when you're taking a dump. Yeah, it's weird <laughs> to be sitting there like pushing your dinger down into the toilet going bring back masculine men like his left hand's on his dinger his right hand's tweeting bring back masculine men it's a a wild choice yeah and you're in your like basement's half bath because your kids and your wife are taking the normal baths so it's like a little bit more narrower and you really have to push your dinger between your legs you know (laughs) like it's scraping the sides of your eyes yeah yeah and you don't want it to come up and touch the underside of the seat because there's definitely urine that's splashed under there because that half bath doesn't get cleaned nearly as much as the regular bathroom. And Kevin exclusively dumps in the half bath because that's his little sanctuary home away from home. Well, especially when the other uh, baths are being taken, but also especially during the noon hour when other people are eating and trying to enjoy their day you gotta go down to the half bath well yeah you're not gonna like his bathroom's next to his kitchen he's not just gonna take a loud hot dump while Sam is preparing sandwiches or hey sandwiches is that something (laughs) yeah she definitely uses that all the time and Kevin hates it now after 10 years it just got ugh I'm kind of surprised that 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 it, the tweet isn't in quotation marks and then attributed to Sam Sorbo, and she it was oh, like yeah. her like well, saying it to him, dogging him, <laughs> like while they're doing it. Of course, yeah. Well, oh, bring back masculine men, Kevin. <laughs> I was about to herb. How dare you? <laughs> now I'm thinking about masculine men while I'm nutting. <laughs> and tweeting. It's invaded his whole life now just because she said it at that right time. Oh, well, it's cemented in his brain. It, he made cement and it cemented it in his brain. <laughs> That's clever. That's a clever thing. <laughs> oh, Kev, we love you again. Welcome back to our good graces. <laughs> You're the man, Kev. You're the effing man. 
See, this is why when you were saying we hate you, uh, you're in our bad books, blah, 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 I had a little twinkle in my eye because this this tweet got me right back, right back where I needed to be. You knew. You knew this was uh, the Kevin Sorbo tweet of the week, colon, redemption. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, they should have called uh, this Chocolate City, colon, redemption instead of Vegas or Vegas Strip. Right? Why wasn't this a crossover with the ABC series Vegas? Why wasn't Scott Kahn in this movie? <laughs> uh, I think that show probably has a way bigger budget because this was off strip, if anything. Oh, yeah. Well, they can't call it Chocolate City 2 off strip. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's as good as Vegas Strip or Colon Vegas. What about off strip off? Hey, that's good too. Yeah, and it's like it looks like the face-off logo. There's like a slash through the middle of it. It's definitely a face-off situation between the two competing uh, stripping groups. Right, despite there being like fifteen stripping groups. Although, like when they're being told about the competition, the guys like they choose from hundreds of strip teams, and there's like ten, maybe ten. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, and the. The outfits are all terrible. The stripping is god-awful. The dancing and the choreography is utter trash. And yet, somehow you loved this movie. No, I hated this movie. This is, like, (laughs) one of the top five worst movies that we've watched. Maybe top five worst movies I've ever seen. It was deplorably bad. There's so much genuine in this movie. There's so much Bolo (laughs) in this movie. There's so much Mackay Pfeiffer in this movie. Hey, Mackay Pfeiffer is an arguably a good get. I I love Mackay Pfeiffer. I think he's beautiful inside and out Mm -hmm. in every way. He's a good man. He's done nothing but good things. I hope. I don't know if he's ever been Me Too'd. I hope not. But uh, maybe he has. He kind of has a look about him that go, well, maybe he's been Me Too'd. I I don't know. But he's not not getting a lot of work these days. Vegas, you know, Chocolate City 2 came a call and he was like, sign me up. Well, he got me too, but he also goes to church every Sunday, so mm. it kind of evened out. And he did a bit. He, de- he definitely did a bit. In the court of public opinion. <laughs> Man, smart. That's Mackay. Such biting satire. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, he's no Mackay Pfeiffer, I'll tell you that much. Isn't it weird that Eminem... Love the show. Isn't it weird that Eminem calls out Mackay Pfeiffer in the song Lose Yourself, but, like, Mackay Pfeiffer's in the movie, and it's this weird, like... I don't know, it's just this weird meta thing that Eminem does. It's bizarre. I think it's because they're adopted cousins. They adopted each other as cousins. Oh, that's and cool. And they can play like that. They're cool. They're nice like that. Exactly, yeah. It's nothing like legally making a friend into a uh, cousin. <laughs> you could do that by having your dad marry their uncle or aunt, I guess. Or uncle. Or just submitting a paperwork online. Yeah. You know, all stars and stripes. You want to marry your cousin? Fine. Adopt them first and then marry them. Go the Woody Allen route. Yeah. Adopt your girlfriend as your cousin and then marry them. Beautiful. Or boyfriend or partner. All stars and stripes are welcome to adopt and then marry whomever they please. Whomst ever they please. Did you also. Whomst ever they please. Speaking of weird meta things, did you also notice that. At one point, they refer to Pharaoh in the movie, like who is played by Genuine, as being like, yeah, with his genuine-looking ass. 
So wait, Genuine exists in the universe of Chocolate City then. Genuine exists. We know he does because they play Pony in the last movie. But also there's a stripper named Pharaoh who lo- who is played by Genuine and I guess looks like it's like an Ocean's 12 situation where they're like, you look like Julia Roberts. Honestly, with real famous people or musicians, they should just make a line like this in every single movie because that <laughs> makes more sense to me. Because I'm looking at them thinking that they look like them when they're them. Exactly. Yeah, you're looking at him going, this, this genuine looking ass out here. Although I will say when we see genuine's ass, I think it was a butt double. I don't think that was actually genuine's ass. What about the bottom of his uh, crundle? Oh no! I don't think that's his channel at all. I think that's a I think that's a Will Smith Wild Wild West uh, dinger pouch that he's got going on there. What do you think they use for that? Like just rubber, like a sack of Haitian rubber? <laughs> yeah, I think it's made out of pure, genuine Haitian rubber. And there's so few of them left. That's why you don't get many male nude scenes in movies anymore. You're absolutely right. We need some more genuine, pure boys stripping. Lovely, I love it. I mean, there's a strip team in this movie called heaven's boys and i was like hello who are these lovely ladies (laughs) lovely lads i guess (laughs) yeah that speaks to how gender normative everything is i mean you automatically think of ladies stripping when we should be thinking about hunky men right we've just watched four consecutive movies about hunky men may i take my clothes off week four that's what it is and it just slipped right out of my mind Having seen four stripping male movies in a row, how has uh, male stripping informed your everyday life now? Uh, Well, you know, when I go to, like, get undressed before I go to bed, I, of course, like to get on the corner of the bed and do some belly rolls and just hump the air a little bit. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just a lot of just full body rolls. And, uh, you know, I, I like to pour water down my chest. And, ooh, it's a little chilly. But, you know, it's fun. What about you? How has it informed <laughs> your life? Uh, I'm thinking a lot about my own body and taking steroids and going to the gym every day. Nice. So I think I want to beef up. Good call. Yeah. Careful with those steroids. Don't get don't get MRSA. Don't get MRSA if you're taking all those injection drugs. I'm going to mix and match. I'm going to see what works for my uh, – just to create epic swole. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to injecting stuff into my butt. I've never done that before, legally mm. or illegally. <laughs> or without your consent. <laughs> or with, I don't know if I've ever been injected without my consent because it would have been without my consent. That's a fair point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we uh, here on the show, you can consider this full consent to inject anything into Steve's butt. Well, uh, that's what we'll say. That'll be our thing at the end of the That'll be our disclaimer for this episode and for anything moving forward and in your life. Oh, you're into me, so I, I really don't care anymore. Once you accept that, you can move on with your life. Exactly. Once you accept that, you can accept that women squirt and it's fine. It's all you're into me. <laughs> Man, you should be a rapper. Thank you. Thank you. Like Genuine with this genuine looking ass over here. I think Genuine's uh, more of a crooner. <laughs> yeah, he's more of a lovemaking music man. He's like R. Kelly without all yeah. the like sex slave stuff. Well, we hope. <laughs> right, um, fingers crossed. <laughs> he sounds like if he would sing to you, he would like spit in your ear, and that doesn't sound <laughs> good to me. Well, uh, he says y'all ready to get wet, and it's because he's got a lot of saliva in his mouth, and it's, it's just it's it's flying out into your face as he caroons to you. 
Does he say that or anybody say that throughout this whole movie? No. Y'all ready to get wet? No, nah, this movie isn't nearly as randy as the as the first movie. Like, I don't know. This it's weird to say, but I I have the same complaints about this movie as you had about Magic Mike Double XL, where I was just like, I don't really care about these people except Bolo, of course. And there's not nearly enough stripping in this movie for my taste. I wish wish there was way more stripping in this movie. The very first strip that we see in the movie during the opening, like, speech is a man showing off his, like, butt cleavage. So I was very impressed by that. And then we don't get butt cleavage again for the rest of the movie. No, you barely see any legs during the final uh, con- contests. Like, <laughs> yeah. everybody's wearing pants and they refuse to take them off. Like, have tearaway pants that go down to, like, really tiny thongs and show some flapping. Yeah, show that channel. I, I didn't see a single belt either. Nobody's wearing belts on stage. And I want to I wanna see those belts, done or undone, either way. Yeah, maybe even both. You have some undone, you have some done, you have one guy struggling in the back <laughs> for the whole time. <laughs> He keeps gesturing like off stage. He's go- I, I can't I, help. I, I can't get this belt. I can't get the belt. And everyone else is just doing body Somebody rolls. Somebody get me a knife. Everyone's doing body rolls. And he's just struggling with yeah, his belt. Yeah, zippers are undone. He's just like, I can't, I can't get the belt. I can't help. Spawn, help me. Now, I don't know if this was the version of the movie that I saw, because I certainly (laughs) couldn't think of doing this in a theatrical version or a DVD version, but at the beginning of the movie, for me, was basically a a flash forward of the entire (laughs) plot of this whole movie. Did that happen in your version? Yeah, I was scared that we were accidentally watching Chocolate City 3 when it started, and I went, oh god, they're just gonna run through the whole movie of 2. Hold on, hold on. I like... I thought yeah. that it was just going to be like, and then boom, 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 now we're in Vegas. It was like, oh, my God, you're, you're fast-forwarding through all the interesting stuff. Like, Mel B is in this movie, but zip, get through it, and then right up until, like, the very end where it's like, and the winner is. <laughs> oh, okay, well, guess we'll find out. Yeah, well, I decided to watch this on Netflix, so oh. I thought I might have been watching a different version and I also stopped it, though, because I was like, is this the third movie? Did I accidentally watch uh, or turn on or it's mislabeled on Netflix or right. something? But no, it's a plot by plot telling of the whole movie up until the very, very end. I mean, I've heard of flash forward scenes and then you go backwards, but this was a flash forward of the whole movie. Reveals that like Mel B's in it, reveals that they have a contest to go to. Um, basically everything. Everything, everything. Even like, oh, Bolo leaves, then comes back. Don't worry. And then blah 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 blah. blah and then, oh, and then uh, the winner is. Oh well, hey, we gotta wait. You gotta wait ninety minutes to find out who the winner is. Well, I don't give a shit. I know it's Chocolate City. That we're watching the movie. Of course, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be hips. It's gonna be Chocolate City. Mm-hmm. That Bolo side plot is is a big fat fart. It's nothing. I love Bolo. But his side plot is trash when it's like, is he going to leave? Is he going to become a solo bolo? And then he does, but then he's just in a cab, I guess, dr- being driven to Hotlanta from Vegas, which is a day and a half drive. And he sees a billboard for Genuine and is like, I got to go back. Why? <laughs> Why? Why have the change of heart, bolo? You were doing it. Well, we all know that 
taxi drivers, especially when they're headed to the airport or out of town, always look at the billboards and mention how they wish they could be that person because they're so lucky. And in this case, it was a male stripper, and he was talking to a male stripper <laughs> that had to go back and compete with his troop. But I love the idea that, like, the taxi driver just doesn't know that he's a male stripper. Like, he just, like, sees the, just sees Genuine on the billboard and goes, like, oh, I wish I could be that male stripper. And, like, Bolo was just a businessman in the backseat being like, okay, that's great. Can you drive me to the airport? <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> then be a male stripper. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, be a male stripper, which is the point of this movie. Every single side plot, the the boy wanting to grow up to be a male <laughs> stripper, but he's the son of a pastor. Dumb. The manager girlfriend that's an ex-girlfriend oh, that tries to make her way to Vegas. Hated it. But does hated it. Uh even Vivica A. Fox's side plot, which is okay. Uh, still kind of unnecessary. What's her side plot? I don't even remember that. Well, she's just kind of an observer. She's <laughs> just there watching, stripping, and meeting with the pastor, and doing all the home stuff that doesn't need to be shown. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's there to take phone calls from Sexy Chocolate so we can just explain the plot to her. And she goes, oh, what are you going to do? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> bye. And then hangs up. The French subplot. The fr We're... French class is back, even though a year has gone by. I hate the yeah. the French subplot might be my least favorite part of this movie, and it's so inconsequential and it's so nothing. I said Bolo's side plot was a big fat fart. The French that's a big fat fart for sure. They're all huge farts, but you're right. The French subplot is so dumb. Get that teacher out of here. Yeah. None of the they don't even meet in class or anything. <laughs> they just meet in a meeting room. And then he has to, at the end, he takes his test over the phone right before they're about to perform. Like, why couldn't you do this at any other juncture then? Like, also... It's, it's wild, the subplot. It's Okay, so the subplot is, is that... So, okay, so at the end of Chocolate City 1, D-Ray Davis, who is not in this movie... Uh, is like, hey, we gotta. You want to go to Japan and get a hundred grand? And his brother's like, yeah, let's go. And then that didn't work out, and nobody really talks about what happened. And I thought that D. Ray Davis was like killed by the yakuza or something like that, but he's not. He's a teacher in New York somehow. I don't know. In like two months, I don't know how that happened. How he went from a, a bum on the couch to a teacher in New York. Whatever, fine. But then... Good for him. Good for him. Glow up, right? He went from ashy to classy, as Dee Dee says. Mm-hmm. And, like, so... So, <laughs> Sexy Chocolate is still taking a French class at university for some reason. Why? What do you need this... For? The teacher acts like it's the most important thing in the world, and it's like, it's French, and we're in Atlanta. This is worthless knowledge that he's gaining. Absolutely worthless, but... He needs it to graduate, and so when he went to Japan, he missed, like, I guess he didn't tell his teacher he was going to Japan, and then he missed, like, the SATs for French class or something like that, and so he gets one chance to make it up, and then they move up the date of the test, the makeup test, and then the teacher's like, hey, you can just do it over the phone while you're in Vegas at 10.30 at night, why not? <laughs> And like, if it's Duh. if it's the middle of the night in Vegas, then it's really the middle of the night in Atlanta. Like it's like two in the morning in Atlanta. It's on the other side of the country. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, make any that's sense. A three hour time difference at least. At least. <laughs> no, uh, just 
call. Oh, this French test is so important. Can I do it in 15 minutes while a, a group of men are stripping in the other room? Yeah, no problem. Just call and say je t'aime on the phone. Eh, I guess you pass or whatever. This whole movie needed to be uh, simplified. They needed to have a road trip movie that had one so- uh, subplot. Probably use the bolo thing, sure. but like extend it and make it more interesting. But like, don't have like ten other side plots. But you can't have a stripping movie and not mention that school is important or that <laughs> church is important or whatever. Like, no, Vivica Fox goes to church and that's it. No one else is going to church anymore. Everyone wears crosses. No one goes to church anymore. They're done. They don't care. They don't have time for that. They have to. May I take my clothes off? May I take my clothes off? Did you see that this is all occurring in the month of May? They show a calendar, and it is during May. <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice that, but that's beautiful. I bet it happens on May 18th. The, I believe so, yes. <laughs> uh, I think it is. May, May 18th is said during this movie, I think. Oh. I didn't notice it either, but the wife did, and... Um, she said, put it in the pod. That's my <laughs> wife's impression. That's really good. That's exactly what she sounds like. I thought your wife was, your impression of her was just going to be a big, loud fart. <laughs> Man, that's too on the nose. Fair enough. Yeah. And I don't mean that. That's not a, that's not an, indi- that's not an, you know, an indictment of your wife. That's just the last episode. She was known for her big, loud farts. That's all. Well, the couple that uh, farts together stays together, and the couple that that farts the loudest is the most in love. (laughs) Amen to that. Beautiful. That's uh, that's. I think that's in the Bible. I think Saint Peter says that to somebody. It's right at the very end, so nobody really reads it. Yeah, after you get your nut in Revelation, you're just like, I don't care, whatever. And then God said, the couple that farts the loudest is in love the loudest. Oh, great. The end. Oh, the Bible ends with the end. That's crazy. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah for sure. Yeah, <laughs> the classic cutout moment. I I do wonder what the how the Bible ends. I've never thought about that before. Like, what is how does what's the last what's the closing statement of the Bible? I have no idea. If it's not the end, I I don't know what they could uh, put in there because it. It, it fits the time. Everybody was saying the end at the end of their stories in zero BC. <laughs> that was like the coolest thing. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. Okay. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Ooh. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. <laughs> it does end with the end. Boom! Roasted Bible. <laughs> I can't, I cannot believe that the Bible ends with the end. That's insane. That's so wild. I mean, it does kind of butter it up with the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, That's yeah. big talk. That's big cool talk. Oh, big cool. But talk. then the end. <laughs> it does end with the end. That's hilarious. Beautiful. Beautiful Bible. I love you. Behold, I am coming. The end. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, uh, solidifies our relationship with God now. Yeah, I think we're in good, finally. Finally we're in good. (laughs) Gosh. We were out, and now we're back in. Now we know how the Bible ends. It ends with the end. The end. (laughs) Cool. I I could definitely picture people uh, a couple thousand years ago reading that and just 
their minds blown. Oh, yeah. Just picture people sitting around a fire and just going, and the end. And then they close the book <laughs> and throw it into the fire, and that's <laughs> go to sleep in the dirt. I don't think you can burn a Bible. I think <gasps> it's fireproof. They should be. If they're not, I mean, the Lord protects them. So the Bible, even if even in the old days when fireproofing didn't exist, you couldn't burn a Bible. Even if you were freezing to death in the woods, you couldn't light a Bible on fire. Isn't that what the Kendrick uh, Brothers film is about? Fireproof? About how you can't burn the Bible? <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I guess we'll have to watch it. I think it's about firemen trying to burn that Bible. Well, we have to hear it another yearly anniversary, so that'll never happen. <laughs> well, probably not. Yeah. Not with the way these Kevin Sorbo <laughs> tweets of the weeks is going. Well, up, up, up. Exactly, yeah. Fresh, brand new start. But the thing is, we're not going to hit that year anniversary because we're going to get that sweet, sweet Pure Flix money soon after May I take my clothes off, of course. And then we'll yeah. be just laughing. And we'll be we'll have a new Pure Boys show on Pure Flix. Yeah, we'll sell out. We'll sell out hard. Yeah. And, whoa, we crashed into the wall, too. Like, what kind of idiot wouldn't sell out? Oh, uh, I don't know. You're a sellout. Yeah, I'm here to make money. Give me the money. Of course I'm going to sell out instantly. Anyone anyone who comes by who wants to sponsor the show, we will sell out for anything. We don't care. Give us the money. That's all that matters. The only people that wouldn't sell out are the people that are already rich, and some would say that they already sold out. So it's a twisted circle of uh, selling out. Amen to that, my brother. Amen to that, my brother in Christ. Yeah, if I, if I ever got arrested, I would definitely sell out very quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone and everyone who's ever done me wrong. Yeah, Obama, I don't think he was born in the U.S., and I think I have proof. <laughs> Let's see those birth certificates. I'm a birther now. <laughs> Let me off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out. Behold, I am coming. Where's Obama's birth certificate? <laughs> Man, behold, I am coming. Oh, that line got me nuts. It's a good line. That's yeah, a great line. To end the Bible? Yeah, it's a great line. Alpha and Omega? Great. And then you kind of sullied it with the end. Yeah, and the end. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> that would be a way better way to end the Bible. It would end it with <laughs> and the rest and an ellipsis. <laughs> and just, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really poignant. Oh, yeah. There's not even, like, an author's note at the end of the Bible or anything like that. Or, like, references or <laughs> nothing. There's just not, It just ends. And the end. Close the book. Yeah. Acknowledgements. Future <laughs> projects. Chapters of something. Yeah, where to buy other holy books. All that kind of stuff. Hey, order from Penguin Books. All the holy books you want. <laughs> all the holy books you want. Penguin Books. Penguin Books. Get them. Frankenstein. All the holy books. Here at the Pure Boys Podcast, we love Penguin Books. Oh, yeah. We'll sell out to them in a heartbeat. I love publishing companies. Me, me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, open your hands at me, my brother. Yeah, we got to open each other's hands to each other when we start spiraling. Mm -hmm. Just to ground us again. Take off your shoes and yeah. socks, open your hands at me, and we'll ground ourselves. Yeah, I'm totally grounded in this movie. Oh, yeah. I uh, I didn't much like the beginning or the end or the middle of the main plot either. <laughs> well, why Them, not? Uh, having a five hundred thousand um, dollar prize is quite the grab. That'll oh, yeah. get me to Vegas for sure. But then giving uh, a guy forty percent, yeah, uh, so that he will kick in five thousand dollars, so you get into the contest is ridiculous. I did the math on this, and 
It's nonsense. So the grand prize is $500,000, but you're probably going to lose some of that to taxes, which I didn't even factor into my calculation. I didn't even think about that. But so you get you get half a milli, right? 40% of that is like $200,000. So mm -hmm. the burger man is getting $200,000 for kicking in five grand and a short bus ride to Vegas. And he gets $200,000 for that. All the other strippers have to split $300,000, but 88000 of it has to go to the club because that's how much they owe for the building on taxes or else they're going to get foreclosed. That's what they owe to the bank, sorry, not taxes. So then if you break it down seven ways because there's seven dancers, then they each are taking home roughly $30,000. But at the end of the movie, Sexy Chocolate gives Vivica A. Fox a stack of money and he goes, hey... They gave me 50 grand. I'm giving you 30 grand, mom. I'm like, why did you get 50 grand? What did you do that deserved that extra bit of cash? Everyone else gave up five grand of their $30,000 that you could get 50 grand? That's nonsense. Why would anyone do that? I know Bolo wouldn't. The math doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up whatsoever. They just wanted him to have a stack of cash to give to his mom yeah. and didn't worry about what the math was. Idiots. But guess what? We did the math and you got bit. You got bit, all right? You you done. You done, son. The end. It's $5,000. Can't like a bunch of male strippers in their late 20s, early 30s come up with 5 grand to get to a hotel in Vegas? Like instead of giving $200,000 away to this burger man you ate? So yeah, I do love when the like the the strippers go to the burger man and he goes, "Where's sexy chocolate?" And the guy goes, "I'm going to be honest, he hates you." But here's $200,000 of our $500,000. Honestly, that was the point where I thought the movie might turn around. Yeah. I really like that scene. Me too. Like, as soon as it starts, I'm like, why isn't Sexy Chocolate there? And then they make that joke, which I thought was genuinely funny. And I'm like, okay, maybe this will turn around. And then it doesn't at all. Well, I, I like that, like, all the strippers were, like, crowded into a booth. Like, it was, like, this kind of silly comedy vibe to it. And, yeah, when he was like, yeah, he, he hates you. I was with you. Where I was like, oh, this movie might be good, actually. I kind of feel like I might yeah. genuinely, genuinely like this movie. But, yeah, not so much. Kind of doesn't keep that up. Not so much. And, like, even the montage scenes with the working out. You get one really good one at the beginning where they're all getting ready for a stripping, yep. which is just meat. Meat on meat, and that's all you're tasting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no heat, just meat. All all heat, no meat. Um, that's the opposite. That's okay. But that's when they're, they're doing their main training scene before their big show uh, and they're working out, that that scene was so terrible. Po and when pointless. they're learning the dancing, but they don't even do the dance they learned. No, <laughs> like any of the dances. They go through all this trouble to go to Mackay Pfeiffer to then who get who leads them on to this guy who is barely keeping it together. He's like screaming himself hoarse. His voice is cracking. He's so passionate, and he teaches them how to do this like old school hip hop dance that is then never seen again. <laughs> and he's like. I don't understand why they why that's in the movie. It doesn't make any sense. It made me really scared for the final stripping uh, sequences because it was just like your basic like crossover jump uh, step back and forth over and over and yeah. over again. And I was like, this is not stripping. 
this isn't good dancing. What is happening? And like they don't even use that move in their dance. They, nothing of what they went to the training for is featured in the final perf- three. Perf- they do three dances and none of them are that dance. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's frivolous. It's, it's, it's so frivolous. So- and so is everything else in this movie. It's so crazy how much they tried to jam into this movie and how much of it is just baseless. It just doesn't have any form of entertainment whatsoever. Yeah, it just, it's like it's like I get, like I get why it's there in the idea of the movie where it's like, oh, could be well, A, because it's in Magic Mike Double XL. They got to throw out their old moves, learn new moves. Okay, fine. They're copying Double XL, even though they dogged on Magic Mike the entire last movie. They just almost beat for beat, just copied the movie for this one, but whatever, that's fine. So I get why it's there. It's like, oh, they're learning new things, they're evolving as a group. But then, yeah, they don't implement. It's like they filmed the finale first and then went, oh, crap, we need to do a training sequence. Ah, don't even, what, what are we going to give them lightsabers and have them train with those for some stupid reason? Nah, they'll just perform with those. It's all good. And they can't use their original routine because the competing strippers stole it. But those competing strippers never used that in the competition. So they could have used their original dance sequence. And they also need, like, four stripping routines, too. Yeah, like, they they go, okay, oh, my God, this movie. So the boys go to Vegas. And then they go, Genuine has, he quit Chocolate City and he moved to Vegas. And now he's got his own show where it's him and a bunch of white boys dancing. White boys who are, like, racist. Like, they keep referring to, like, Chocolate City as, like, ghetto trash. And I'm like, all right, guys, like, calm down. Genuine is your group leader. Why are you being so racist? It doesn't make any sense. Very racist. Yeah. Absolutely racist. So, so, so they go to Genuine's show, and his name, his name is Pharaoh, and his, the show is just him being like, "I'm Pharaoh, I'm Pharaoh, I'm Pharaoh," and he just says Pharaoh like fifty times, and then they go, "Hey, they stole our moves. That's our whole routine." <laughs> oh, at this Vegas review, I guess. Well, they're not gonna do that at like at the competition. They do it at the review every week. <laughs> Why would they take it there? I I have no idea, and it's not even a good show. It's, like, basic dancing moves that they're all doing together. They're barely stripping. It's not entertaining whatsoever, but they're just sitting there like, oh, my God, they stole our moves. We have to to come up with a new routine. And then throw that out the window and do our baseball routine and our lightsaber routine and our – they. I guess they do do a new routine, but they just make it up on the spot and get a guy to sing a song. Yeah, and do, like, a couple of choreographed moves and then just start, like, hip grinding. (laughs) And it's not even good dancing. Like, this needs a twitch. This needs a good dancer. This needs something. It needs a twitch. It absolutely needs a twitch. (coughs) A touch of professionalism. And, like, XXL did a really good job of having a huge, huge stripping show uh, but also, like, making it about stripping and having different stages that, like, women were crowding around that they could throw money. This is just, like, one stage that's elevated so, like, <laughs> the women can barely see them. And then uh, they do a routine together on this very small stage. It's very – it takes you out of the moment. It's like going to watch just, like, a dance troupe. 
Like it's not if yeah. you if you didn't tell me that this was like male exotic dancers, I wouldn't think that it was that because no one's throwing money, no one's really taking their clothes off, and one person flashes their dinger, but we don't see it. But also like it's just yeah, like you said, it's just kind of belly rolls and like putting their arms behind their head and swinging their like crotches at you, but it's it's nothing. Like, why is it these group choreographed dances? They mentioned Bring It On earlier in the movie, and it's way more akin to Bring It On than it is Magic Mike and, like, strip performances. Yeah, and not interesting dancing or choreography whatsoever. It It's just totally lost, this movie. I feel like they had three scripts, and they mashed them all together and tried to include everybody from the first movie and had no idea how to execute it or had to whittle it down to an hour and a half and they just that uh made it suffer quite a bit or something i don't know i yeah I, it feels like a first draft that they just went like hey i wrote this script yesterday can we do it and they went yeah okay that's fine don't punch it up. i Good can't believe that they got a third movie off the heels of this like this this would have to be done i think the third movie is going to be very bad like i've been looking trying to find the third movie to watch it somewhere and it's like says it's on hulu it says it's on the stars network so it was made by i think it was made by stars but the the director is back but i don't know if any of the cast is back except bolo i know bolo is in it because i looked at the cast list and saw bolo so i'm in i'm very excited but like michael jai white isn't back the main sexy chocolate isn't back it's like a whole different crew of people plus bolo and it looks like very low budget from the production stills I've seen. It it just looks bad and cheap. And it says it has a runtime of like an hour and 12 minutes. And I'm like, oh, is this like a made-for-TV special that you did? That's like, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't. I, I think I'm glad we can't find it because I feel like this is a good enough way to end the franchise. I don't want to watch the sad, pathetic, the end of Chocolate City 3. Yeah, I, I don't want to see the downfall of Rome. And I don't want to see the downfall of the epic tales of Chocolate City. Exactly. <laughs> I love at the end when Chocolate City wins, based on the performance of the man singing, but not playing the guitar, but just kind of like jaying off the guitar. Like he's not doing anything with it except just like stroking the neck of it, essentially. And then when they win, Mackay Pfeiffer, who is a sponsor of the competition, so it's weird that he's the one who's like, I'll teach you boys some dance moves. I got a guy who'll teach you how to win the competition. Well, that seems like a conflict of interest, but either way, when he comes out and he's like, wow, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, how was it any different than every other performance that we watched tonight? It was all exactly the same. <laughs> they also don't technically win on merit. They technically win... <laughs> yeah. Because Pharaoh's team loses and Pharaoh shows his dong on purpose. Yes, Pharaoh is, is genuine. And uh, yeah, at the end, he, they're doing like a Roman gladiator or like a 300 performance. And at the very end, all the guys have shields over their face. And genuine takes his shield down and looks around like he's going to do a little bit of trolling. And then just takes his skirt off and flaps his dinger out for everyone to see. And everyone is like, whoa. <laughs> And that gets them disqualified because it's wardrobe malfunction is one thing that happens at male strip shows, but intentional wardrobe malfunctions, that's not allowed. We can't do that. 
Yeah, you're not going to hold a competition like this and not have a clause in your rules about wardrobe malfunctions. It happens. But he just stands there for 30 seconds, so it's obvious that he did it on purpose. <laughs> he not only stands there for 30 seconds, he reaches down to his skirt and pulls it off. <laughs> He's, yeah. It's not like it fell down when he was standing. He took it off. He said, may I take my clothes off? And they said, no, it's against the rules. And he said, I don't care. I'm genuine. And there is video review because uh, during the competition, we are treated to a bunch of people back in Atlanta, people <laughs> that you love, watching this on TV. <laughs> and maybe the funniest moment is when uh, you're taken back to Michael Jai White uh, beside his dying father <laughs> watching a stripper uh, competition in mm-hmm. earnest. Like, yeah. not, like he's really concerned when he's watching. Like his dad is taking his last breath and Michael Jai White's like, come on, Chocolate City, come on. <laughs> there, There's a great line you, to like to go with the lines from the first one of like, everything's going to be great from now on. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> that, was, that was so clutch. This movie's Everything's Gonna Be Great From Now On is when Michael J. White goes, oh, all my personal money is all wrapped up behind my father's medical bills. At least that's what it was to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, great. Great line. <laughs> Tell us what's going Very on with expository. you. <laughs> Beautiful. And then it's like father wakes up from a coma <laughs> once they win. I guess. Yeah, because Michael J. White goes, yeah! And then his dad, like, wakes up and looks at him. <laughs> like, I'm trying to die. Can you keep it down? Dude, my white cell count is too low for <laughs> got, that yelling. You've got sickle cell anemia. Please, wear a mask when you're in the hospital with me. Please. Please. <laughs> but he did have a lot on the line. He did have his stripper joint. And, of course, they... Chocolate City wins and apparently become hometown heroes, so the strip club is busy again? Yeah, I don't understand how that translates to, like, success for the strip club. Like, oh, you paid off you paid off the bank. Congratulations. No one's coming to the strip club anymore, though. (laughs) How did them winning this podunk... Like, they didn't even... As male strippers, they didn't know that this competition existed. So why would anyone else know or care? Doesn't and then some, yeah. they win. And, oh, everybody's got to come back to Chocolate City and see the boys. Okay, I guess. Cool. <laughs> and then, of course, you get to see the pastor's son stripping. Mm-hmm. So the movie is worth it. You got to see it through the end. <laughs> yeah. This pudgy pastor boy <laughs> is uh, stripping. Thank God. Who very arrogantly tells his dad, like, I love to dance and I have a great body. And then you see his body at the end and you go, well... Not compared to like, good. <laughs> no, not even that good. Just like, I, you gotta, I mean, tighten it up and you could maybe look like Bolo one day, but like, brah, not, not a good look for you. I don't think you're ready for the big time yet. Well, he comes out in a cowboy outfit, but like, he's just wearing red gitch. Like, yeah. it's not a thong or tight leather as I would suspect you would right? use. Of course. Yeah, and he's an amateur. It's amateur night, so he comes out doing that. <laughs> and, like, I love that he comes out with his dumpy body, and Sexy Chocolate is in the crowd like, who is this guy? Like, he's, like, threatened by him. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you're fine. Don't worry. This guy is nothing. He looks like Fat Kel. Well, now that we're talking about it, they were definitely doing a Pass the Torch thing, thinking that they would do another Chocolate oh, City yeah, yeah. with this uh, pastor boy. 
but I don't think that comes to fruition. I think the church probably kept that down. Yeah, yeah, I think the church like forced him to quit. <laughs> I do yeah. love, I love when the pastor goes to see Vivica A. Fox because he he discovers his son like practicing stripping, and he's like, oh my god, my son wants to be a oh heaven help me, my son wants to be a stripper. So he goes to Vivica A. Fox, and he's like. You know, how's your son doing with his job at Chocolate City? And she goes, you know, Pastor, I just want to say he's doing great. And thank you so much for your encouraging words and telling him to follow his heart and follow his path. And the pastor goes, oh, did I say that? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh crap. Oh, well. <laughs> there are little, mo like, as we're talking about this movie, uh, like, I was crapping on it in my mind all night before we started recording this podcast. Right. But there are glimpses at, like, a really okay movie if they they done away with a lot of things and maybe the thing is like you said they needed a couple more drafts of the script yeah like four or five maybe there there yeah <laughs> there are some there are some gen genuinely funny moments in this movie like near the start at the bar so they're at the strip club and like the waitress goes up to the bartender and the bartender goes Hey, did you know it's my birthday today? And she just looks at him and then turns around and walks away and walks up to Sexy Chocolate and goes, Hey, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. And he goes, Hey, keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> so this bartender's just like, Shut up. He just gets stonewalled and watches Sexy Chocolate. Like, get, the woman's being like, Let me suck your dick. And he's just like, No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. And the bartender gets nothing in return. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, very funny. Uh, moments of pure greatness. I've totally turned around. This movie is great. Go out and watch it. Watch everything about it. Yeah. Well, like, we haven't talked about the music in this movie and how, like, absolutely filthy the music is in this movie. Nobody nobody curses the whole movie. And then there's a song at the end where the lyrics are, smoke a little bit, drink a little bit, fuck a little bit, then back to music. And, like, they say that, like, 15 times. I'm like, God damn. It's like, this movie, these lyrics are randy, baby. Yeah, and a couple other songs during this movie are uh, probably R-rated for the kids, so oh, don't yeah. let your kids watch this movie. Um, but the visuals are fine. Yeah, no, the visuals are totally fine. No, there's nothing sexual about the visuals in this movie. Certainly not. <laughs> well, Bolo's chest, of course. Of course. And he really lives up to his name as a Greek god. Mm -hmm, absolutely yeah i'm just looking at like uh what the what the performance oh yeah <laughs> there's this great line where the host of the stripping show goes are you ready for some mixed flavors ladies we have some chocolate some vanilla and some just assorted flavors <laughs> Whoa, <okay. laughs> well once they said chocolate and then vanilla, I was like, what is she going to say? I was at the edge of my seat. This is, was my edge of the seat moment of this movie. And she goes to sort of flavors. And I was like, well, okay. And some other things, whatever. And all the Latinx. And the rest. All the Latinx dancers are like, what the hell? You could have at least Come said on. like spicy or something. Come on, lady. Yeah, I'm from Taiwan. Yeah, we've got some chocolate and some vanilla and some Chinese flavors. Sherbert. <laughs> we've got some Jewish flavors in the house tonight. Oh, okay. That was weird. Ooh, hey, Uncut Gems. Hey. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad name for a strip team. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Uncut Gents would be the name of their strip crew. Right. <laughs> but they mispronounce it every time. Of course, yeah. Because it's a little too on the nose. 
What else do we got here? Los Sexos is the name of one of the strip crews, which is kind of a weird name. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Great names. Yeah. That's like probably the funnest part of making these movies is naming the strippers and naming the teams. Yeah, there's a team of white supremacists just named L.A.'s Nudes, which, <laughs> come on, that's not even, you're not even trying with that. I think my favorite part of this movie was the fact that it was televised. <laughs> and Genuine showed his penis on live television for everyone across the country to see. Oh, yeah. That's what makes you nuts, though. Like, he's going to, like, the overflow of, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, the fact that Vivica, like, it's not mentioned that it's, te- why would it be televised? Where is it being televised? What channel is it being televised on? But... And it's nationwide. It's not just shown on, like, local yeah. Las Vegas that, access television, right? Like, no, everyone gets to see it. I'd have to assume it's YouTube Live. They, they're they on the pulse. Right. You want to Twitch in this movie? Well, we got a Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a male stripping. That's got to play. Oh, it got to be, right? Well, of course, we're purely pure, and we want to see more pastors. We want to see more God. The last uh, stripping scene should have been them as choir, uh, like a church choir. Like a Sister Act 2 finale. Yeah, but with male strippers. Yeah, exactly. The one-to-one. I mean, there is a great moment where the pastor's talking about, like, you know, when the Lord throws you that pitch and you got to swing your bat and hit a home run. And then Vivica Fox gets a phone call from her son, who is about to go on stage and strip so it's like the middle of the night so they're at church in the middle of the night or whatever and she goes out into the lobby to take the phone call and she goes you go out there son and you swing your bat and she just like (laughs) says what the pastor says and then he goes okay mom i love you bye and she leans back against the wall and goes my son's gonna swing his bat (laughs) i think was like yeah they're all going out there to swing their bats lady you better be ready for it you better rush home to turn on the tv and see your son swing his bat well, you can see in her eyes and the way she says it that she's uh, she's proud of her son, but she also likes thinking about Dinks. Yeah, and that's just nice and wholesome and a good way to look at life. Your your children can be strippers, and that's okay. Yeah, and they should be, and you should let them. And the old woman from the first movie should show up and look right into the camera and goes, "You didn't think I was gonna miss this, did you?" And you go, "What the hell?" <laughs> Now, at that point, it was a Medea movie. It, it truly was, yeah. And also, do they refer to her as, like, Vivica A. Fox's mom at the start, like, at the birthday party? I thought there was something like that, but I let it wash over me. I couldn't think too hard about those sort that's of fair. things. We you can know? let that go. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, hey, Steve, I mean, I feel like we've covered all the best things about Chocolate City 2, uh, colon, Oh, yeah, Vegas for show. Sure. For show. Sure. What did you think of Chocolate City 2, colon, Vegas Strip, or colon, Vegas? I... Uh, against my uh, better wishes, uh, watch the trailer before I watch this movie, <gasps> and it got me hyped for it. I I really liked the trailer. I thought it was going to give me everything I didn't get in uh, XXL, but it was so tough to watch. Every decision that the script makes throughout this movie is something that I wouldn't do, and uh, I just think it suffered for it. Um, I hated this movie. I don't uh, recommend watching it. Now, Adam, what did you think of Chocolate City? Uh, Honestly, probably the best movie we've watched on this show. 10 out of 10. Would recommend it to anyone of any age uh, other than the music. Please cover your children's ears for the musical performances. There's a lot of 
uh, people saying the N-word, a lot of people saying hard F-words, and uh, just some real spicy, muy caliente music. So other than that, though, 10 out of 10, beautiful stripping by beautiful men. Uh, Can't wait to see what next week has in store for us. Maybe we should rate movies on whether it's better or worse than opening your palms toward a screen. Oh, okay. So in that on that scale, uh, better. And on that scale, worse. Mm, well, until next week, I love you. I love you. We love it and have fun. Okay. We love you. <laughs> the end. The P, the U, the R, the E, the B, the O, the Y, the S, it's Pure Boys. Hold up, it's Pure Boys. Yeah, I got two throats. The P, the U, the R, the E, the B, the O, the Y, the S, it's Pure Boys. Hold up, it's Pure Boys. Say what?